You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Welcome, Fangare Fano. You guys are looking good this morning. You guys feeling all right? Awesome. Uh, for those who haven't met me, um, I am Steve. I am senior pastor of Elam Christian Center. I get to oversee all our eight campuses, and so from time to time, I get to come and hang out here with you amazing, good-looking, the best-looking campus that we have up here in the far north. How could you not be better looking than everyone else? You live in Northland. It's like just always sunny, subtropical. That was a faith statement. Much like us, you guys have been uh, enjoying a lot of rain lately, which has been, uh, which has been good fun. But always great to see uh, old faces, new faces, and to meet everybody. Uh, Mike and Amy send their love. They're down in Auckland this weekend, and so they send their love to you guys. But it's my um, joy to be able to be here, and thank you, Christian, for driving me up. He showed up at my house at around 6.45 this morning, and we jumped in the car and, and drove up. And um, it was only once we got into Whangarei, he said, Steve, I've never driven out of Auckland before. So he's driving my car, and then I learned he's not 25, so he's not even insured for my car. So I'm driving home. That's all I'm saying. I'm driving home. Uh, but it's uh, yeah, just really cool to be able to be here, and uh, thank you for those. I've had so many people coming up to me and say, Steve, how you doing? How you doing? Uh, I know that a couple of weeks ago you guys prayed for me in the service. Uh, as many of you will know, I have a balance disorder, so uh, from time to time I struggle with vertigo and balance issues and stuff like that. That's why I sit down on a stool and wear a hat, just to uh, take away light stimulation and stuff. If you've ever had vertigo or a balance issue, uh, you know that spotlights are not your friend all the time. So, uh, But I'm doing heaps better. Thank you so much, and it's just something we're going to kind of journey on with and, uh, and make the best of, but I appreciate you guys and just love you and thank you so much for your prayers and your support. It means a whole lot to me and to my family. Uh, we are going into part three of this series called Bless. We're exploring the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus gave, where he gives these kingdom values, kingdom way of living. And what he describes as being blessed is very different from what the world would say is blessed, right? He gives these very countercultural statements about what a blessed life really looks like. And my heart and our heart is that we as a church and as followers of Him would align our lives to what God calls blessed, not what this world calls blessed. Is that cool? All right, we're in part three. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 5, verse number 3, around verse number 3 or so. It says, Blessed is the poor, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. If you're a Monty Python fan, you cannot read that line without hearing, blessed are the Greek. But if you don't know what that is, go Google it later. It's a good laugh. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Today, we're going to explore that third statement. Blessed are the Greek. No, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. As we think about that word meek in our modern language, it doesn't inspire us greatly. Like, if, like Christian, can you stand up so everyone can see you? Thanks, buddy. You, see, you, you chose to come with me. This is what you get. This is Christian, everybody. Sorry, girls, he is taken. But you can sit down. Thank you. Um, if, if I was to, someone's going to, can you describe Christian? And if I describe, I said, well, he's a bit meek. It doesn't inspire you, does it? And it, it won't make him feel great about himself. He's probably like, could you go with something like strong, imposing, impressive, unnaturally handsome? Like all those words would have, would have fit really well. For, but when you say, if my wife described me as meek, it would not spark joy in my heart. Let me just tell you that much. 
But when we hear the word meek, we kind of think of words like spineless, easy, pushover, uh, submissive, ineffective. And honestly, it just sounds a bit lame to describe someone as meek. And Jesus says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. It's, a, it's quite an odd statement as we understand it in the way language is right now and the way the word meek kind of comes across in our translation. But, but I want to assure you there's so much more going on in this, mess, in this word than meets the eye because it's very hard sometimes to translate original language into a single English word for the whole concept. And you'll know this from any language. English is so like singular. It's so like narrow. There's sometimes a word used in another language has multiple facets of meaning. And that's what we see going on here in the, in the Greek. And the message I'm going to bring to you comes out of a, a great scholarly commentary by a guy called William Barclay. So I just want to shout him out because a lot of his work is building into this message. And I want to share three common ways that the word, the word in the Greek is the Greek word prius. And that word, uh, if we go back to its original usage and context, it gives us three different uh, ideas of what this word meek really means. And I want to I throw these out at you because I hope they're going to challenge you and shape you into, uh, into being a fully formed follower of Jesus and actually understanding that, man, blessed are the meek. It's a totally different thing. So that one of the first the uses of the word prayers is in relation to a virtue. Now, a virtue is the, the, the median, the, the mean of two different extremes. And the Greek philosopher Aristotle uses this word praeus in relation to anger. And so this idea is that meekness is understood to mean the middle ground between excessive anger and excessive angerlessness. It's this kind of happy medium. It is a Greek word. Listen, it was in his commentary, anglessness, so I'm going with it. It's the happy medium between too much anger and too little anger. You've got to understand, you can get angry about the right things, and you can get angry about the wrong things. Hello, somebody. If you've been married for more than 20 seconds, you'll know you can get angry about the right things and angry about the wrong things. I had an incident the other day with my wife. And she's not here, God bless her, so I'm going to tell this story. She got so angry at me. Like, she was furious at me. And you know, sometimes when you're angry, you just start making accusations, and they just fly at you. She was so angry at me. She said to me, you know what the word she said to me? She said, stop using my special conditioner. I looked at her really confused, and I was like, on what? She was like, you keep using my special conditioner. I'm like, I haven't had hair for 13 years. I have no need for conditioner. Stop throwing false accusations at me. It was the most outrageous thing I've ever experienced. Just unjust anger directed towards me. She's throwing things out. There is such a thing as unjust anger. There is the response that outweighs the, the, the moment. There are the things that rile you up that really are out of control. And if we were to read this beatitude from this angle, it might read something a little bit like this. And you can write this down. Blessed is the one who's always angry at the right time and never angry at the wrong time. Meekness. Blessed are the meek. Blessed is the one who is always angry at the right time 
and never angry at the wrong time. See, selfish anger is always sinful. Anger at a selfish level is always sinful. But meekness is about the happy medium where you find there's ground for righteous anger for the things that break God's heart. And there's righteous anger for the things that are unjust towards other people. But there's also, that's the medium between like just not caring at all and being so angry that any little thing flips your switch and there is this irrational, irate kind of angry response. And I don't know where you're at on the journey of anger today. I don't know what role anger plays in your life, but Jesus said, blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who are angry about the right things and not angry about the wrong things. See, anger in itself is not a sin, but the Bible says be angry and do not sin. It can lead its way to it. You can be angry about the right things, but you can also be angry about the wrong things. And if you're struggling with anger, because I know so, like, for some people, this is a big, big challenge. A- anger is a huge issue, and it can be a real challenge. Some people, it's completely foreign to you. You don't understand the concept. But for some, it's a real issue. So if, if you're on the journey of meekness today, here's a prayer I want to encourage you to pray this week. Just this. Lord, show me where my anger is misplaced and help me to care about the things that you care about. And trust God to show you. God, show me where my anger is misplaced. Like even if you just take a moment, I believe that the Holy Spirit is working in the midst of all this. Even as I say those words, God's highlighting to you the areas that you're getting irrationally and unjustly angry. God, you need God's help and the help of God's people to help bring this into check and come in line with the blessing of God because blessed are the meek, not the Greek. Well, the Greek can be blessed, I guess. Nothing against the Greek. They, they can be, they can, if they're meek in Greek, it's even better. The second, <laughs> it was an early start. The second use of this word prius is in reference to an animal that's been domesticated. So it's, it's an animal that has learned to obey the word of command. It's an animal that, is, that has learned to answer to the reins. I am, oh, have you done it already? Okay, sorry. So I'm a certified dog lover at the extreme end of that context. Like, I love dogs. I am obsessed with dogs. I'm still convincing my wife that we need a third dog. In Auckland, we have a small house. He's like, we do not have room for another dog. That is a very subjective argument. Like, it's, we've got plenty of room. I love him. If I see a dog, I have to meet that dog. I'm like, I'm the guy that talks to the dog before I talk to the owner. Hey, buddy. Look at you. And then I'm like, oh, sorry, hi, how are you? Can I, can I pet your dog? Um, and we have two dogs. These are our dogs on the left with one eye. And the groomer did that to him. That bow in his hair is not my doing. He's a boy. And he's got a stupid little bow in his hair. It looks ridiculous. But that's Chewy. He's got one eye and he's eight years old. And on the right-hand side is the reason he has one eye. That's Maya. Uh, that's our rescue wolfhound. From uh, She actually came from uh, Kerry Kerry, which is pretty cool. Uh, so those are our amazing two dogs, and they're lovely, and they're super affectionate and drive us bananas. But So you can take that down so people don't get distracted by the cuteness of those dogs. But growing up, I love dogs because we always had dogs. We always had dogs growing up. We always had multiple dogs in the house. And I, some people aren't dog people. If you're not a dog person... This probably isn't the church for you. I just want I, don't, <laughs> I released you to the wider body of Christ. I just, <laughs> there is a cat-loving church just down the road. <laughs> they would love to take you in. Uh, 
But we, I love it. And when we were growing up, we always had dogs. And my one dog we had, his name was Tequila. Tequila. And uh, I, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, you can tell. Uh, his name was Tequila, and we called him Keela. And uh, he was a, my, my sister found him on the side of the road. His, his leg was broken in seven places. He was an absolute South Auckland special. He was a mutt. Like, he was a mongrel mix of, I can say that because I live in South Auckland. Like, he was a mongrel mix of everything you could possibly imagine to the point where you don't know what he is. But he was a super affectionate but dumb dog. So dumb. Like, he was not the brightest light on the Christmas tree. He was, he was, he was one, one sandwich short of a picnic, let's just say. Like, not the, not the sharpest tool in the shed, this dog. He was an absolute munter. And he was so hard to train. Beautiful dog, really strong, but an absolute idiot. And he would, his, his thing he would do is eat everything. If you left anything around, he ate it. Garbage. Like, he once ate a whole plunger. Not just the plunger in, the whole plunger. We get, you know, we find him in the kennel and there's like a little nub of, of plunger and this little piece of like red rubber. You know those old school plungers? He ate the whole thing. Just an absolute munter. Like he, he ate, you know, remember those old washing lines, the, the green ones where you wind them and they, they kind of go up and down? He ate the winder off the clothesline. It was permanently at its lowest position. We couldn't adjust the, the clothesline for years because the dog, he just chewed the handle off. He, he ate toys, he ate sporting equipment, he ate, uh, he ate the corner off the washing machine, a, a metal washing machine. He was just an absolute nightmare. Blankets, towels, like literally anything you could find, he would, he would eat these things. And so we were like, this is getting out of control. So we bought a muzzle for him, a leather muzzle strapped on the back of his head and it was on his face. We left him for three hours, came home and he'd eaten the muzzle off his face. Yeah, he honestly, he, 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 there were straps just dangling, and he's wagging his tail like. <laughs> he was strong, he, but he could not obey a single command. Untrainable. Just absolutely crazy, but I loved him dearly. What we've got to understand, friends, is that meekness is not the absence of ability. It's power with, this, with restraint. It's freedom coupled with discipline. One of the classic examples of meekness is they would use this word to describe a war horse, a horse that was bred and trained for war. Powerful, wild animals, like, like incredibly big, muscular, but they were trained with such discipline that they would charge into battle without any ounce of fear at the command of their master. They were directed only by the reins that controlled them. And they wouldn't even stop for water unless they were commanded to do so. Wow. Incredible power. Incredible ability. But this ability to bring that all under the restraint of the command of their master. You see where I'm going here? We look at this attitude from a, di a different angle. It might read something like this. Blessed is the man who has every instinct, every impulse, every passion under control. Blessed is the man who is entirely God-controlled. Wow. See, the blessed life is not one of unrestrained freedom and access. The blessed life is a life lived under the direction and the authority of God and His Word. 
It's a life that says, yes, I am powerful. And yes, I can do these things. And yes, I can do it. But it's that life that says, I am completely and wholeheartedly submitted to and led by the leading of God, by the direction of His Word. I'm not led by my feelings. I'm not led by my impulses. I'm not led by my temptations. The world, this is what the world thinks a blessed life is. Just follow whatever whim you have. Follow whatever desire. Follow whatever inclination you might want to do. Go after any kind of excess. But the Word of God teaches us that blessed are those who have their impulses, who have every desire in check and aligned with the Word of God and go where He calls you to go. Wow. John 8, 31, Jesus says this. If you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples. Then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It's not enough just to hear the word. The word has to be a restraining and directing force in your life. If you hold to my teaching, then you're my disciple. Then you know the truth, and then you have freedom. It doesn't go the other way around. First, you submit your life into the word of God and to its direction and its instruction, then you'll know truth, and then you'll experience incredible feeling. Why? Because blessed are the meek. Blessed are the meek. I don't know what your meekness looks like today, but I know mine still has some work to do in the areas of my life. So here's a prayer you might want to pray this week. Simply this, Lord, show me the areas of my life that lack restraint. Help me to follow your word and leading in all things because blessed are the meek. Even as I'm saying that, I know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about areas of your life that are not restrained. You're not in control of. You don't have discipline in certain areas of your life. Friends, the blessing of God comes when you obey His Word and live how He's calling you to live and bring those things into alignment with His Word. Is that cool? Blessed are the meek. No, last thought is this. Uh, ben, you can come so we know we're landing the plane. Is that the plane's, the plane's coming in to land music. Gives everyone hope for lunch. The third use of this uh, word prayers uh, is actually in reference to humility or teachability. Humility or teachability. So it was very encouraging to see um, a, this young lady come up for a crunchy. She just turned 13, and the mum came up with a, God bless you, mum. Just have a, th you got a 13-year-old. Because I have someone in my home who just turned 13. And it's like, when God created the world, He created man, woman, teenager. <laughs> I said something to my son yesterday, and he goes, nah, that's mad cat. <laughs> I said, what did you say? Nah, that's mad cat. It's mad what? He's trying, what he's trying to say is, I'm, I'm really lying. Just in case you wanted to know, everybody. All the boomers in the room are like, what? So, uh, my, my eldest boy, Judah, who you guys, some of you guys remember, we moved up here to lead this campus. He was, he was one year old. He's now 13. He has a mullet and a mustache. Not a cool mustache. The wispy teenager kind. Oh, filthy. And now he's a, t it was weird because at like 12 he was still a kid. And then now it's like, what is this thing in my house? <laughs> it communicates mostly in grunts. Uh, 
and like unrecognizable mumbles. <laughs> what? But one thing I can understand when it speaks. Other words, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah, I know is what he's saying. Yeah, I know. Hey, Judy, you need to get ready for school. Yeah, I know. Brush your teeth. Yeah, I know. Are you ready? Yeah, I know. Hey, you've got this on after school. Yeah, I know. We're going to be late. Yeah, I know. Sleepers. Like, this kid knows everything. Nothing he doesn't know. And then, I, then I'm like, well, if you know, why aren't you doing it? It's really confusing. So pray for us. And I'm going to be interceding for that mother who came up earlier. Because a boy's bad enough. I don't know. I couldn't handle a girl being. It's a whole nother mess. They <laughs> don't get angry at me. It's just, well, you could actually. That's my opinion. But anyway. We've got to understand that one of the most blessed positions is not, yeah, I know. One of the most blessed positions of the Lord is, I don't know. And one of the blessed spaces we could occupy is one that says, I don't know everything. I haven't made it. I'm a work in progress. And I really need God. Like, I really need Him. It's that place of humility that goes, I know my own humanity. As we're driving up, Christian, he, can, he, he follows me around. It's a bit weird. Please, if there's a police officer, just intervention. He just keeps showing up in my house and coming with me to places. It's getting weird. But he said to me, Steve, how do you avoid spiritual pride? And I said, bro, that the best way is to have time every day with Jesus. You can't, it's a non-negotiable. Why? Because then that reminds you of your own humanity. And it's, in my humanity that I'm like, I, st I still really need God. Like I really do. And I need to learn and I need to grow because I'm a work in progress and I'm not finished yet and I'm not done. If we were to look at this uh, beatitude from a different angle, it would read this. Blessed is the man who has the humility to know his own ignorance, his own weakness, and his own need. Wow. See, a, a meek person is the person that knows I'm not finished yet. And I've got, I've got room to grow. And I'm not fully who God intended me to be yet. And, and there's still some rough edges. And I still need some renovation. And I knew, still need some resurrection. And I still need some work that can get done on the inside and the outside of my life. And I'm aware of my blind spots. I'm aware of my shortcomings. And I'm, and I'm ultimately aware that I have no right to sit up here in front of you but by the grace of God. Like on my own merit, nothing. I'm spiritually poor. I'm poor in spirit. I need God more than anything. And the meek is the one who realizes I haven't made it yet. And I still need God. And I still need people around me to help me grow and teach me. One of the hardest types of people to lead and pastor is the yeah, but people. You might have some in your life. If you're married to one, don't look at them right now. These are the people where it doesn't matter what you say, their response is, yeah, but really hard person to lead and a hard person to pastor. 
because you want to give them godly advice and you want to give them wisdom and all they say back to you is, yeah, but, oh. So what they're really communicating is they know more. They know better. Yeah, yeah, but, hey man, if you want to have a better marriage, you're going to need to have some of these things in place. Yeah, but, oh, okay, so you really don't want to learn. You really don't want to grow. You just want to make excuses as to why you're the exception to the rule and why you're different. The yeah, but person is struggling with pride. Hey, look, this isn't right in your life, man. I think that's not how Jesus would have you live. Yeah, but, oh, okay. Super hard people to lead and pastor. But what you see on display there is this lack of humility to learn. It's lack of humility to grow. It's this lack of humility to be open to godly instruction and the counsel of the word. And ultimately, it's a lack of meekness. And I'm so thankful, this is what I'm so thankful for in our church, is that in our church, across all our campuses, there are people way older than me. And I didn't look at anyone when I said that. I was looking at the roof. There, there are people who, are, who have been following Jesus as long as I've been alive and have wisdom and experience and stature, yet come and choose to humbly submit into the leadership of someone who's younger than them and serve and be part of something. And some of you have been on the mission field for years. Some of you have been pastors before. Some of you have been, you know, whatever. And it, you, you're displaying this beautiful meekness, which says, even though I have authority and I have time and I have experience, I'm going to humble myself and stay teachable and keep going on a journey. And I'm thankful for young people who are like, you know what? I want to get around people who are bigger and I want to learn and I want to grow and I want to I want to expand my life. Why? Because I want to stay humble and teachable and blessed are the meek. Here's a prayer that you could pray. It says this, Lord, I acknowledge that I'm on a journey. I ask that you would help me to remain teachable and dependent on you. If we put all this together, like if we took this whole concept, we put it all together, this beatitude although don't, I'm not adding to the Word of God here, I'm just trying to give it a greater understanding of context and what's going on with this Word, it would maybe read something like this. Oh, the bliss of the man who is always angry at the right time and never angry at the wrong time, who has every instinct and impulse and passion under control because they are God-controlled, who has the humility to realize their own ignorance and own weakness, for such a man is a king among men. I'd love to pray for us because I think this is a really, like for me, when I was coming into this series, my understanding of what Jesus was getting at in these words was actually quite far off what I think the life God wants us to live. Because truly, friends, blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who know when to be angry and when not and have that in check. Blessed are those who are disciplined and devoted and bring every impulse and every inclination under the command of the Word of God. And blessed are those who are teachable and humble and show that pureness of heart and spirit to grow for theirs. They shall, those people shall inherit the earth. Can I pray for you? Let's bow our heads for a moment, church. Lord, I just pray for each and every person who is here today. I thank you for your word, Lord. It is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Thank you for this amazing, countercultural, blessed message. 
Lord, that you gave on the Sermon of the Mount, which just helps us form into this thing that the world so needs, your body, your bride, the church. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help us. Lord, if any in this room are struggling with anger, Lord, blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who are angry at the right time and never angry at the wrong time. Help us and show us. And Lord, guard us and correct us and align us when we aren't living this meek life. Lord, I pray for each of us that those passions and those inclinations that are out of control right now, help us, Lord, to bring them under control. Give us wisdom. Give us the right people to come around us. Give us the right people that we should approach. Lord, give us a heart to get prayer, get counsel. Lord, help us, Holy Spirit, by convicting us of those things and giving us the power and strength to move a different way, to repent and turn a new way. God, I pray you'd help us to remain teachable in all things. Like, Lord, that we would, we would never arrive, but we would always be on a journey of growth and journey with you. That we'd be humble of heart and spirit, learning, growing, being formed into all you have for us. That we would be totally God-controlled and godly. For that, Lord, in that space, that's where we find the blessing of God. Friends, I want to pray one more prayer. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, maybe you're here and you've never made a decision to follow Him, or maybe you have before, but the honest truth is you're far from God today. Truth is, God, friends, God loves you. God made you. God has a great plan for your life. We all mess up. We all fall short of God's standard. The Bible calls that sin. And our sin, it separates us from God. And the payment that's due for our sin is dead. But God in His grace sent His own Son, Jesus, to a cross. And when He died on that cross, He paid the debt that you and I were due for our sin. Then He conquered death in the grave and He rose again to new life. And He extends to you today forgiveness of your sin. A new life that begins right here, right now. You get to walk into the plans that God has for your life. And there's this great promise of eternity in heaven with Him. And if you're here today and you're not right with God, but you want to be, maybe you've come in this place and you, you just knew you had to get to church today because you need to get your life right with God. Friends, I'd love to lead you in a simple prayer. It's a prayer of surrender, starting your life afresh in the hands of God, receiving the grace and forgiveness for, for your sin and the new life God has promised for you. I'm gonna pray this prayer and I'll lead you in it. I'll pray it out loud. You don't have to pray it out loud. You just pray it with me in your heart. But when you pray it, I want you to mean it with everything you've got. This is yours. It's your prayer. It's not mine. I'm just leading you in it. As I pray it out loud, you pray it in your heart, either for the very first time or maybe you need to get right with God today. Are you ready? Just pray this prayer. Say, God, today, I surrender my life to you. I know I'm a sinner and I've messed up, but I believe that Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I turn from that old way and I turn now to you. I ask you to come in and be the Lord of my life. Take control. I choose from this day to follow you. Would you come in and make me brand new today? In Jesus' name. Just with your eyes still closed and every head bowed, if you pray that prayer, I'm so proud of you. And we are like, we're over the moon that you have made that decision. It's just amazing. And I'd love for you to do something for me. What I'm, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna count to three. And while every, everyone's got their eyes closed, 
When I get to three, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, I want you to be really brave right where you are and I want you to put your hand up nice and high so I can see it. I'm not going to stand you up. I'm not going to bring you forward. All I'm going to do is I'll see you, I'll acknowledge you, and you can put your hand straight back down. This is your own little step of faith. What I'm wanting you to do is put a little bit of action to your decision, like a little step of faith, just one little one. Are you ready? If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, you're serious, I want you to put your hand up on the count of three. One, two, three. Three, hands get up nice and high right now. Awesome. Thank you, 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 thank you. Yes, ma'am, thank you so much. Right down the back, right down the back. Thank you. Got you too, brother. Thank you so much. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me, that's me. Be brave, be brave. You can do it. We love you. God loves you. He's got a great plan for your life. He's got a wonderful future for you. Thank you, God. Well, Lord, we thank you so much for the work you've done in here. I thank you for, Lord, ransoming and rescuing each one of those people. God, that the, the debt of their sin is paid. The old has gone and the new has come. So we bless them now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, as a church, we just rejoice as all heaven rejoices, as lost people get saved. We bless them in Jesus' name. Come on, let's put our hands together for those people. So, so good. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.